Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I will be your host today as we discuss tips for going to your first San Diego Comic Con. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012, and it's a community of writers and podcast hosts who enthusiastically cover all things geek. To all of our returning listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate you. Um, With me today is fellow Temple of Geek writer, Paloma Figueroa. Welcome back to the podcast, Paloma. Hi. Uh, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself and give us a little bit of background on your San Diego Comic-Con experience? Sure. Hi, I'm Paloma. Uh, happy almost Comic-Con. Um, by day, I'm a diversity inclusion consultant. Oh, what was that? I accidentally pressed my Dalek pen. Oh, no. I, I didn't need to do it. I, now that we're here, I'm just going to press it again. So. <laughs> it was like I was just sitting here and I played with it. And I shouldn't have done that. Sorry, guys. Yeah. But anyways, Paloma, carry on. <laughs> I was like, we're being invaded. This is an important moment for me to stop. <laughs> like I was saying, <laughs> I'm a diversity and inclusion consultant. I work um, and live in the Bay Area. Um, and by night, I'm a, as Monica said, I'm a writer and podcaster for Temple of Geek. Uh, I volunteer, I travel, I host a lot of bad movie nights, and I do a lot of this fangirling. I read fanfic, I dabble on writing, I cosplay, um, I go to opening night of comic book movies and I go to cons. I've been going to um, San Diego Comic-Con or SDCC as we call it for going on about six or so years now. It's actually been so long that I can't remember. I went back on my calendar and tried to figure out how long I've been going. But um, the first few years I actually, well, the first year I went by myself, which is an experience if anybody's ever gone by themselves because I really I had this dream of going to Comic-Con as a a wee baby nerd and I was going to make it happen no matter what and so I went by myself I ended up meeting up with the people who I now go with every year so I made besties which I think happens a lot for us con goers um and then subsequent years I've actually done everything from volunteer with SDC programming and like the dearly departed nerd HQ. So I've seen a couple of different sides of, of Comic-Con. That is really, really interesting. I'd really love to hear about your time with like nerd HQ and stuff like that, but I feel like that could be like a whole nother podcast. episode. Definitely. <laughs> um, and so for me, I've been to about five or six Comic-Cons. I same thing. I don't remember. I think my first one was either 2013 or 2014. And um, the first year, I feel like I didn't know what the heck was going on. I had no clue. I We just kind of walked into it like, hey, let's just go. It'll be fun. And it was crazy and overwhelming. And I took my children who were one of them was in a stroller at the time. And it was just it was really intense uh, for a first time going to San Diego Comic-Con with having no experience and not knowing anything about it. So yeah. hopefully um, the advice and the tips that we give today will give people a little bit um, 
a little bit of a heads up into what to expect. Um, and this podcast is mainly geared towards people who are visiting San Diego Comic-Con for the first time or for those who have maybe gone like once or twice before and have felt the overwhelmingness or have missed a lot of things and they just maybe want some tips on how to maximize their time. Mm -hmm. um, so first I want to talk about San Diego Comic-Con itself. Um, it's different than a lot of cons and I kind of want to talk about why overall it's different. And then after that, maybe we can break down some of them. But Paloma, what is it that makes uh, San Diego Comic-Con so unique? You know, I was thinking about this and it's so, it's so hard to like quantify and qualify what San Diego Comic-Con is unless you've gone. Um, I, I kind of go back to, to my early, early, early years as a nerd. Like I was pretty lucky. I grew up in a very nerdy household. My parents took me to cons when I was a wee babe. My mom, in one painful teenage memory, thought it would be adorable to enroll me in Klingon classes. Like I was deep from the beginning. So um, cons were very, I guess, welcoming sort of normal things in my existence. But I was also pretty popular as a as a kid. And I like I always had a lot of friends. I never got bullied, you know, despite being a girl, despite being Latina, despite being a lot of things. Like there's a number of reasons that people go to cons, but I think that a lot of people are looking for a sense of community outside of just what's on the internet, especially these days. And I think that like San Diego Comic Con like offers that. Just being able to like show up to a place where you can talk to people and like make those nerdy jokes and people don't look at you like what or or they have the response like I remember one year I had a whole conversation in Jurassic Park quotes on a bus with a bunch of random people like I remember walking down the street and like singing singing the hunchback of Notre Dame and having other people jump in and say like you have these transcendent moments of like these people get it like I always tell my partner that you really don't you can't really or at least for me, and this is not for everybody, I think you really kind of have to be a true believer and to, to go and experience and enjoy it and understand it. And by that, I mean just like going with the idea that Comic-Con is more than just a series of panels. It's like this huge family that is coming together for like a reunion. Um, and I think that that makes it extra special. I also think that there's a lot of people who just, you know, pop culture and um, – comic books and you know all of that kind of like genre um television and movies is it or books is something a little bit more than just like a consumable entertainment for them like i remember one time i was sitting in a panel and it was the um man of steel panel and the and there was a guy who stood up and he was what you would write off as this like big bad dude um and he stood up and he was telling the panelists that he was so he couldn't wait to see Man of Steel. And a lot of it was because he had a really rough childhood and Superman was the only character that really taught him how to be a good man. And it was just like, we're standing in like a hall, or he's standing in hall age and he's telling like 7,000 people all of these things and he started to cry. And it was like such a moment. Everybody was like really emotional about it. And it really struck me that people come because it's more than just like TV and movies and books and comic books and art to them. It's like a it's like a vehicle for all of these like hopes and dreams and like 
rough memories and good memories for them. And I get to see that, like to be witness to that is like something kind of humbling. And I think a lot of people just look at it as, oh my God, it's a con, you get to dress up, like whatever. But for me, it's it's seeing this full spectrum of life and like people really getting to connect with, with the things that were really important important to them, like transformative for them. So I think that's what makes San Diego Comic-Con really special and cons in general. It's not just San Diego Comic-Con. That just happens to be the biggest one and the most famous one, really. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with everything that you said. And in particular, um, I think that it's a place that you can be unapologetically yourself. And there's not many places for, for a lot of people where they can just be like just unapologetically themselves and it's okay and it's welcomed and it's encouraged in a positive way. Um, so I think, like you said, that's all cons really. Like it's, it's nice finding your tribe and your people. I think what sets um, San Diego Comic-Con apart a little bit is that it's, you don't see this many, I guess, celebrities and movie franchises and like the big industries creating these huge experiences for the fans like you would see it at smaller cons. Like you do have like big cons like New York Comic Con, Dragon Con, Salt Lake City Comic Con that are, they're massive in scale as well, Anime Expo, things like that. Um, but as far as like pop culture and geek culture, um, none of them converge all in the same place the way San Diego Comic Con does. And I think that these extra um, activations and events and other things that surround um, San Diego Comic Con is really what sets it apart from from other places and to have everybody in one place at once because this is where the movie studios are going. This is where the TV studios are going. This is where they're all going to be at the same time. It's not like you go to a convention and you see maybe one or two different like panels for certain like movies that are coming out. This is like where they're all at. So I think that for me is uh, what really sets San Diego Comic-Con apart from some of the other conventions. And so knowing that and getting into that, um, when it's your first time at San Diego Comic-Con, you may have no idea where to start, and it's so overwhelming. So uh, Paloma, what's some of the basic con advice that you have for SDCC? Um. So my friends and I say the con, the con giveth and the con taketh away, which is, which is a pretty like real advice, I think. But it's one of those things that you really kind of have to accept it. You have to embrace the suck, as they say. Like there are a lot of like overwhelming, um, sweaty kind of like claustrophobic moments that you really have to understand will happen just because you're having. It's a small area. There's a lot of people. There's a lot going on, um, and you kind of have to prepare for that. I think when I went by myself the first time, I didn't really understand the vastness of that. Like I didn't understand like what that looks like. And without knowing that, without somebody telling me that, even though it was kind of like a real thing, um, it was hard for me to really plan well. Um, And then once you kind of get beyond that, I think the thing is for me, you know, I think I've tried to tame the beast of Comic-Con many times and found myself a miserable mess because I just had an idea of what the con was supposed to be and it was not ever going to turn out that way. It's like, it, it, it's one of those things where you really just have to like, you can plan um, several things. You can, you can plan out a schedule, which is, I highly recommend it. Like Comic-Con releases the panels. I think making sure to, you know, they have a panel scheduler where you can like download an app, doing all that stuff really helps. But I think once you're there, there are some 
there's some things that you really just need to accept and kind of go with it. You need to just experience Comic-Con as it happens to you. And then like, there are some hard and fast tips. Like you're going to spend a lot of time in line, you know, take advantage and talk to the people around you. Like line waiting is just a reality. Like you're not going to get around that. And so I think taking advantage of that opportunity to meet other people who are, you know, just as maybe fanatical about something about, as you are, or even just like interesting people who are just there to just start a conversation. It's actually one of the reasons why our group really loves to camp out in line, which is super weird, I realize, because who wants to do that? But it's like part of that feeling of feeling like something is, you're part of something special. Um, And there are like other, there are like ways you can try to if you have a hard time kind of starting a conversation cold, you know, like we bring candy or mints to share. Sometimes I travel with like a multi-port charger, which is a good piece of advice in general, like bring, invest in one of those, you know, maybe a little bit more expensive, but like the multi-port, like couple hour, half day portable chargers that will save your life. Um, I brought a surge protector once um, to plug in in the bathroom so that multiple people can plug in their phone. Like you meet people that way. Um, Some other tips are like download the Starbucks app and order ahead. That's saved me like so much time and effort. That's a great tip. (laughs) I think it's so important to make sure you eat. You're going to eat a lot of not so healthy things while you're there because you're in a convention center. You're a captive audience. Um, And I think that like, even if you can just help yourself by like eating some, eating some Starbucks, which seems like a strange thing that that would be the healthiest thing. But let me tell you, it's, it it might be, Um, you know, they have salads, they have granola, they have like egg bites, they have tea, they have all sorts of stuff that you can order ahead and like save yourself from waiting yet another line. Um, I think making reservations ahead of time, if you can, like open table does a big push. Um, Resi, you know, there's apps where you can make uh, reservations for groups. And I also think like you can go to, there's like a Walgreens or a CVS. I can't remember what is it. It's like really around the corner, like buy some snacks and carry them with you. You do not want to be stuck in a line at three o'clock and hit with hangar because that is just not a good place to be. Everybody's been there. Just trust me on this. Just buy some of those snacks, keep them in. Even if there's like the bars, keep them in your, in your pocket. Um, and I think like the last two things is just like, be kind to yourself, like find a safe, happy place for you to go. If it's the, if it's like a particularly quiet bathroom, if it's a bar, if it's a restaurant, like my happy place is Werewolf the Bar, um, which is someplace I discovered early on. Um, and it's just like, there are a variety of reasons why I love this place, but like they have karaoke, they do theme things, but it's not like, it's not usually in an activation. So, you know, I could just be myself there and kind of have fun and, you know, feel like I'm on vacation. Um, But sometimes I just find a a quiet corner to just like be quiet and put my headphones in and just be away from the crowd. And just decompress, right? Yeah, exactly. And then I think just being kind to other people, like everybody's living on three hours of sleep, eight crappy hot dogs in and a gallon of coffee. So I think just like ultimately everybody's fighting the same hard battle to cross the street. And like, I think you should just like take a moment and make sure that you're just kind to the person next to you because I think it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And those are some really great tips. I kind of want to explain a little bit what activation means really quick because you brought it up. And for somebody who's new to San Diego Comic-Con, they might not um, necessarily know what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, So activations, as, as I know them, 
are like events or like cool pop-up um, locations that like, for example, this year, um, Amazon Prime Video is doing an activation for um, Carnival Row for The Expanse. And what they do is they kind of like rent out a building in the gas lamp area, which is the gas lamp area is the area that's adjacent to the convention center. Uh, it's where all the restaurants are and a ton of pop-ups, um, you know, like these big companies, they, they take it over during Comic-Con and they turn it into like a geeky, like fun place you can go. And there's a lot going on. They might have like, um, um, I don't know, for example, they had like for the, the anniversary of Judge Dredd, they mm -hmm. did the uh, a Taco Bell from like the movie. Oh um, yeah, Demolition Man. I'm sorry, I said Judge. Yeah, from Demolition <laughs> Man. Uh, they had the Taco Bell. Um, yeah, exactly. So they have like these really fun things that like you get to do that are actually outside of the convention center, and some of them are inside the convention center where like they'll have like a green screen booth where like you know you can say the word like Shazam and it'll turn you into like Shazam on a little video and stuff and it's it's a really fun thing that these big companies these movie studios and networks do for the fans and they're not all necessarily inside the convention center so when you hear the word activation or you know event this is kind of what they're talking about um and you gave some really really great uh tips. One of the ones that I love that you said was uh, going to um, Starbucks and ordering ahead. Man, if I had known that and I had <laughs> thought about that last year, that would have saved me so much time. That's such a great idea. One of the things that I love about Starbucks is they have these little uh, lunch boxes. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way that I saved money and to me, when you compare the prices of like convention food or restaurant food to Starbucks, Starbucks is typically inexpensive in comparison to like how pricey the convention center food and the food trucks are. Um, so for example, um, what I would do is as I'm walking to the convention center from my hotel in the morning, one of the things I would do is stop at Starbucks and eat my breakfast and get like whatever I was going to get from breakfast, whatever sandwich or whatever and eat and get and I will pack um, a bottled water and buy one of those little like lunch boxes and it comes with like it comes with fruit it comes with nuts it comes with you know different sandwiches depending on what you want they have a variety of different things and I would buy treats from Starbucks or from like you mentioned CVS or CVS near the convention center and I would pack all those into my backpack and head over to the convention center early so that I could like spend the day in panels for me panels are a big thing that I like to attend and so I would spend the whole day there and I would have food that I can just kind of like sneak out of my backpack and eat as I got hungry and like you said the hangry is terrible the lines are awful do not wait until you're starving to eat I know mm -hmm. everything's exciting but like eat as you go snack because you know it's like you said, the lines are crazy. Um, and then uh, one, one of the other things you mentioned was like, you know, it does feel kind of claustrophobic. Like it's a small area in like the big picture. The convention center is not small, but areas start to feel really small once it's packed with people. And uh, one of the things that I like to suggest people to do first and foremost is look at the map. Like, 
before you go in, I know it won't look like much when you get there and you might not even understand the map when you're looking at it without any kind of perspective, but take a look at the floor plan of the exhibitor hall, take a look at the floor plan of the actual convention center and like the roads around it. If you're driving in, make sure you know where you're going ahead of time. Don't try to wing it. Um, know where you're going to park ahead of time. The San Diego Comic-Con website has so much information for everybody about everything, where to park, road closures, all that kind of thing, because they really do shut down blocks and blocks um, for San Diego Comic-Con. So, you know, your GPS might tell you to go a certain way, but, you know, that that whole road, that, that entire area might be closed before you get there. So that's that's something that I really recommend that people take a look at is the schedule, like you said, the maps, and making sure that they that they eat ahead of time. Um, now we talked a little bit about uh, waiting in line for panels, and um, what is some of the advice that you have, Paloma, for people who are who want to see like some of the big um, movie or TV show panels at the cons? Honestly, my biggest advice is that Twitter is your most important ally. <laughs> I mean, I rely on it so heavily to figure out what's happening. What are the lines? There are Twitter accounts for the biggest um, rooms like Inigo Ballroom, Hall H Line, Ballroom 20, you name it. There is a Twitter account for it. And there are people retweeting, we are, you know, group C, we are all the way back to Joe's Grab Shack. We are, and they'll give like pretty regular up-to-date information on like lines in order for you to kind of plan ahead. I remember that first year that they did the wristbands um, and they changed the whole line system. Like I was checking Twitter. I mean, for everybody who experienced that, they know how much of a cluster it was. But like, I remember checking it and finding out at like 8 p.m., like two days before a panel that I wanted to go to, that the line for it was all the way down to like, the freaking USS Midway. And it was just like, you can make decisions in a more informed way because you don't have to walk from your hotel all the way to the line to figure out where the line is. Um, there's also like plenty of accounts that are tweeting, you know, oh, they have a pop-up. There's so many um, unexpected activations or unexpected things that happen. Um, you know, sci-fi does a whole, or fandom, it's fandom does a whole like band that goes through the the gas lamp and they do they give out awards um at different times like if you follow their account or accounts of other um organizations or or networks or studios that you really love or even people um like temple of geek or media outlets they will retweet what's going on and you can more easily make a decision about like oh i'm actually a block away i'll go to this this makes more sense than me trying to trudge all the way over to something something else that I might not get to. Um, I've often made like very last minute decisions because of that. And just following like hashtags, I know that we, I believe we tweeted pretty recently about a couple of hashtags that you should follow, like SDCC, SDCC50, you know, like there are a couple of hashtags you should follow. And I think that that really helps. Um, some people have the ability, I forget if it's in Twitter or if it's like some other kind of Twitter-esque app where you can make lists. Like I have an SDCC list of people that I follow and I add them all to it. And the people that I definitely want to make sure that I, I quote unquote see or run into or, or make sure that I get to an activation, I put notifications on um, and it, it'll message me every time that they tweet. 
That being said, I it, I go back to the it, invest in a very good external battery because there are so many people pinging towers and trying to upload their hot picture and like tweeting about where they saw Chris Evans. Like your battery is going to run down really fast, especially if you don't have a new phone. If it's like you're already Facebooking, Instagramming and doing all sorts of other stuff. Like it is so important that if you're going to use social media while you're there, that you bring an external battery and have ability to, to, to plug it in because you're going to be gone from your room probably most of the day. And I, I know from experience that when your phone dies and you can't take that picture or you don't know where your friends are, or you like are lost, you, that is a moment nobody wants to have. That is like a meltdown moment everyone has in their life, but you just trust me, you don't want to have it. So save yourself the trouble. That's really great. And we do have like on Temple of Geek and I'll include it in the in the article is a list of like essentials and like what to take to the con and stuff like that that we put on there. And one of the things we put on there is like an external battery. And I'm actually testing one of the batteries right now that I mentioned on it because I want it to be like really good. I want to see how many times it's going to charge my phone before it dies because some will only charge your phone once or halfway. Mm-hmm. Like it's so important to also like when you're going to buy an external battery to to know exactly like how many times it will charge your phone and then put it to the test and, you know, buy stuff that people have reviewed highly um, because you don't want to get to the con and find out you bought like a cheap battery, a backup battery, and it wasn't worth it. It's like so frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody wants that. I've had that happen too many times. And then I finally, my partner gave me a battery for like Christmas. That was his Christmas gift to me. And it was the best Christmas gift ever. He was like, I bought a battery for you. Here you go. I was like, this is No, yeah. Absolutely. That's thoughtful. (laughs) Exactly. I want want an external (laughs) battery. Thank you. Thank you, Paloma. Yes, that's so great. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I like to recommend to people when it comes to panels is, you know, check the schedule ahead of time and see what time the um, see what time the panel's at and then get there obnoxiously early and um, as early as you can, um, because now, at least for Hall H and Hall H, for those of you that don't know, is the big 7,000 person seat um, room that they have at San Diego Comic-Con. And that one, yes, it seats 7,000 people, but it gets packed up because there's 130,000 people at San Diego Mm Comic-Con. So if you plan to be in any of the panels that are going to be in Hall H, you need to be in line the night before to get a wristband. And like Paloma said, you got to get, the Twitter alert so that you know what time wristband things are going on. Check the San Diego Comic-Con website. It is such an asset to see what the, what the, what the rules are, what the expectations are for Hall H. And from what I, last year um, we got in line the night, the day before at around five o'clock and we got our wristbands at about seven or eight o'clock at night. And we were able to, um, Go home after that. We didn't have to camp out or anything because once you got the the wristband, you know you're going to get in. Um, And so we were able to – I think the first panel was at 9 or 10 o'clock, but they tell you to be back at 7 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So you are waiting about two to three hours um, for Hall H. But if you didn't get a wristband, you'll wait a lot longer. And what happens is if you go in – 
what I recommend, say the panel you want to see is at like 12 o'clock, then you want to make sure that, you know, it's, they're about our panels if they start at nine or 10. So that's like the second or third panel. in. you want to make sure you get in two or three panels before. And that kind of gives you a little bit of leeway. And as people start to clear out, like say they were only there for like the previous panel, they'll leave, they'll start letting more people in and letting more people in. So just, um, just remember to be whatever panel you want to see, be there obnoxiously early for it, mm-hmm. two to three hours minimum before. Um, I once stood in line for five hours for ballroom 20, which is another big um, panel room but not as big as Hall H. And that one, I stood in line for five hours um, to get into the CW panels. And that I only caught one at the end. Mm-hmm. But even if I only caught the one, like you just have to kind of understand that, like how, I guess, prioritize, prior, ugh, prioritize how <laughs> important these panels are to you. Are you willing to stay in line all day for like an hour worth of seeing like, something that you really like for some people it's not worth it for me like yes it's absolutely worth it because like that guy who was like you mentioned Paloma who was crying about you know seeing Superman returns um or I'm sorry Man of Steel mm-hmm. um that's me like I'm so connected to characters and to tv shows that I love that I'm willing to like stand in line for hours and sit through panels that I don't care about to see this one panel that's going to last an hour Mm -hmm. so just kind of prioritize what it is that that you really want to see and be there super early for it and like you said Paloma like um you know make friends with the people in line because they're there for the same reasons you are and you'll be surprised how many like meaningful connections you can make in line absolutely and they might hold the line for you so you can go to the bathroom or like grab you some coffee you never know I've had plenty of people bring me food. I mean, I usually travel in a group. um, So that helps. But, you know, you never know what that person is going through or like, you know, can offer you or you can offer them. It's like, so it's almost like Burning Man for, for those of you who don't know what Burning Man is. It's, it's this sort of community that that rises in the desert every August. And it it relies heavily on this like kind of barter um, exchange system. It's, it's basically like that. Like you're just like, Hey, I'll hold this line. Could you go grab me some coffee when you go get it? Um, And it, it really makes things so much easier. And once you're in the room, you can get a pass. They give you hour long passes um, to use the bathroom. um, If it's and grab food and to grab food. I mean, most of the, the big room hall H has its own like, convention food uh area and it has its own bathroom but take that pass at the beginning of the hour and just like walk around and get a breather and then come back in um it's so absolutely and then also um kind of pay attention to where uh the panel rooms are because you could say oh you know this panel's at this time like at 3 30 and the next one is at four o'clock in this other hall or whatever. And you don't realize how big the convention center is. till you have to run from one panel to another. Mm-hmm. And not all of the panels take place inside of the convention center. Some of them take place at the neighboring hotels. Or at um, the theaters um, that surround the gas lamp area. And so for example like the Her Universe Fashion Show. Um, takes place in, in another hotel. And if you don't know that, it's almost like a 30 to 40 minute walk. And I don't mean like 
that's how far away it is. It's just navigating through crowds and, you know, kind of like, you know, scanning your badge out, scanning your badge in, things like that, running across the street, waiting for the crowds to cross the street, things like that. Like you don't realize how much time it takes you to get somewhere. Um, so pay a lot of attention to the map and to see where everything is and give yourself plenty of time to get from one panel to another. Otherwise, you'll be out of breath and sweaty and it's not fun. <laughs> okay, so um, shopping at SDCC is not like shopping at other conventions for various reasons. Um, what is your experience with buying merchandise at San Diego Comic-Con and getting home with it? So... I feel like I've said this a million times, but I try to plan ahead. Um, I try to take a look at the exhibitor list um, and follow. I mean, I follow a lot of people who I really like and have had experiences with before um, on on Twitter or on social media and just kind of jot down, you know, what booth number they are. Are they in Artist Alley? And then when I get the exhibition floor map, I like physically write down and like circle it so that you know if I have a moment to walk around which hopefully everybody will um I'll try to navigate it in a way so that I can walk by it some places will have lines some artists are more popular than others um the reason I follow them on Twitter or social media is because a lot of them will do giveaways or they'll do exclusives that were not planned ahead of time. And so it's nice to kind of get that like notification and be like, Oh, I'm right near here. Or like I can plan for this later and pop by and get something that, you know, is pretty unique to Comic-Con a lot of, especially artists. And I really highly recommend people go to artist alley because I think that with all the big networks and all the big kind of like studios and comic, you know, like comic book houses, like it, all the small kind of comic book focus artists get kind of shut out in a way. Um, but it's a great place to get like really amazing art. Um, I usually focus on buying like clothes, jewelry, or like art. And so just planning how I pack. I cosplay as well. So I tend to come to Comic-Con with a lot of bags. Um, but I try to make sure that I bring like a soft kind of extra tote bag with me. The bags that you get at Comic-Con, while cool, are for somebody who is 5'2 um, and petite, is are, are basically useless. Like they break really easily if you overstuff them. They also are like basically my height. They're heat, they're enormous a lot of the times. And so they're not really useful for me. So I try to bring like a soft tote. Like they make the like bagu kind of like crinkly uh, bags that you can just toss in your backpack. And a lot of times you can just put bring them and carry them on um, to the plane when you leave again, if you're flying um, and just tie kind of the straps. And so that's really helped me a lot in terms of like trying to bring it back home. When I buy art, I usually try to bring a poster tube with me you can buy them there they're just much more expensive um so if you're trying to be budget conscious you can you can go to like any art store and buy a, a poster tube of any size and and make sure you put your art in there because you don't want to get it messed up um or you can buy a hard laminated sleeve kind of the ones that you put comic books in um so that when you pack your suitcase things won't get like dog-eared or or kind of marked up and so i always try to get them ahead of time just because I generally know what I'm going to get, and I think it's just generally cheaper. Um, but that's kind of like my my shopping plan. You know, giving yourself a budget is also good. Um, just a hard like, I'm not going to spend more than a hundred bucks on this specific thing. 
different. Oh, people I do that with food. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is how much money I have to spend on food today. <laughs> yeah, it's everybody has different comfort levels with stuff, and like everybody's got different things they care about. Some people go buying. Some people go and buy all the stuff that they're going to resell. Um, that's a whole different conversation. But like, right. <laughs> but like, if you're a you know a person who's going just to enjoy, like, just tell yourself like, today I'm only going to spend like. $75 or $25 and be really thoughtful about what you bring back. I mean, there's a lot of really amazing stuff that's not that expensive and small, like pins and, you know, stickers are really popular and they're really cool stuff that are easily stored. Absolutely. And then another tip that I like to tell people is that there's a FedEx um, in the convention oh, yeah, center. There's, there also, there's also a, like, um, like a FedEx outside of the convention center in case that one's closed, but you can ship yourself stuff home so that it's not, um, it's not like overwhelming or if you have to fly with it and, you know, airline flying with extra bags is so expensive. <laughs> um, so you can always ship stuff home to yourself. Yep. Another thing that, um, that I just found out about last year that I had no clue is that if you get into town, like say you fly in, like your, your plane comes in at nine in the morning, but you can't check into your hotel until three 30, your hotel will hold your baggage and your luggage and stuff. But also San Diego comic-con will, they have a check-in area for your purchases and for your stuff, like your luggage. Um, so you can go and um, check in your, like your luggage or check in all the purchases purchases that you've had during the day that way you're not hauling them around the convention you can just go in and have it checked see even i'm learning stuff <laughs> oh yeah i just learned that last year because a friend of mine was like um you know had that exact situation and that uh, she was able to check her bag and a bunch of my friends bought a bunch of like huge bulky stuff and they were like checking it they're like oh i just checked it i'm like oh okay <laughs> like that seems so easy San Diego Comic-Con is probably one of the most accommodating conventions <laughs> that I've ever encountered. Um, so, yeah, there, like I said, the San Diego Comic-Con website is such an asset and truly just kind of give it a good look and a good read over before you head down. Um, the other thing with shopping is depending on where people like vendors are located, they might not get reception, which means they might not be able to take credit cards. So having cash is always kind of a nice thing. Those are great. And okay. then also, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I said I'm taking notes myself. <laughs> So uh, the other thing, too, is exclusives. Now, this is something that I never paid attention to because I wasn't somebody who was really into, like, buying exclusives. Um, is that something that you've been a part of before that you've done? I have never been into exclusive. It's like the one thing that every year I'm like, do I want to do this? Is this yet another line lotto thing that I want to dabble in? So unfortunately, I've got nothing that I can offer there. I mean, I think for a lot of people, like, it's actually a really good deal. You like, it is a bit of a lotto. Um, you do sign up if you happen to get the email and, you know, are aware that it's happening. I think it's pretty cool. But I think it, I, I think I'm a little confused personally what exclusive means, because I think that they're exclusive things for Comic-Con that people produce that you can get without having to go into the exclusive system. And then there's the San Diego exclusives, which I think confuses people. And I know confuse me. So I don't know yeah. what the difference is. 
and can explain. So from what I understand and from what I've read, because I tried to look a little bit into this, is that um, the exclusives are toys that you can only get or like merchandise that you can only get at San Diego Comic-Con and you won't be able to get it like elsewhere. And if they are available later on, it's going to be like months down the line type Mm -hmm. of thing. And so what happens is that to kind of avoid these crazy rushes and lines and stuff like that, they've set up like a lottery system. So I just signed up for exclusives for the first time and I went in and it wasn't for buying merchandise because it's all one portal, what they call the exclusives portal. And, you know, if you have a badge, San Diego Diego Comic-Con, they will send you an email and you you sign in with your member ID. It's in the your member ID area and you select all the things that you hope to to basically get a chance to purchase and or like an autograph. So like there you can get all kinds of um, autographs from from different celebrities that will be there, different TV shows, different movies um, that are having panels. Usually after their panel, they'll do like an autograph session at one of the booths. And if you win the lottery and you win like one of the tickets to that, you get like a signed poster with like all the cast that attended um, that panel, which is really cool. So I signed up for the lottery this um, this week um, for basically just the, the autographs because um, I'm not so much of a collectibles person, but I do want to see some of my favorite like shows and stars and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I think the lottery closes on July 9th. And then you find out whether or not you win um, shortly after that. And they'll tell you where to go and what time to be at what booth and things like that. Um, The other thing is that sometimes they do um, at San Diego Comic-Con, now that we're on the topic of autographs, is that they'll do surprise autograph signings, right? So they'll say, hey, um, right after this panel, we're going to be at this booth and we're going to sign autographs for the first, I don't know, 50 people that are there or something like that. Or they'll do another like um, last year for the DuckTales panel or two years ago for the DuckTales uh, panel. They did an autograph signing. And when you got there, everybody that was in line was given a ticket. And if you're if you pulled like the magic ticket or whatever, then you got an autograph. And so there's, that's kind of, I guess, the deal with the exclusives. Um, You get a chance to, you know, to buy merchandise that that is hard to get. And then also, like, once you're, um, like, if you go to the booth for me, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Like, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. And so there's a lot of exclusives that they don't necessarily have in the exclusive portal, but they sell at their booths, for example, but they only sell so many a day. So as soon as you get there, you have to like, if you really want like a certain merchandise, you need to hit the exhibit hall super early in the morning um, and straight and go straight to the booth that, that you want to purchase at. For example, last year I kept trying to get the 13th doctor um, Funko pop. And every morning that I went in there, I never made it. I knew exactly where the booth was. I knew exactly what line, what entrance, what door to go into. And I still never made it in time to get one of them because they only have so many per day that they let go. So if some, if exclusives are something that you're really into, um, plan ahead and be prepared to wait in long lines for them. 
Um, so the next thing that I wanted to really talk about is um, any advice that you may have for guests with special needs or any tips that um, you can recommend? Um, you know, most cons, unfortunately, are still living in the dark ages when it comes to accessibility, which is beyond infuriating. SEC can be really tough for anyone and everyone, but I think this is especially frustrating for those of our fellow nerds who have visible and invisible disabilities or needs. I think with a con as big as SDCC, there are things that you can do to to kind of plan ahead. Um, there is a deaf and disabled services page that addresses several topics, um, like where you can find ASL interpreters, um, usually in the big panels and the Eisner Awards. Um, there are different areas that they are they are located at. So it's not necessarily just that they're there, but like where exactly you have to sit in order to see them. Um, there's also nursing rooms, like where to find those, like renting a wheelchair, how to access um, the ADA lines. They have separate lines um, from the main lines um, where people who are in wheelchairs or need extra assistance can wait in line. Um, it's not necessarily that they sit in the front, they had, there's just a different section in which they, they have access. Um, and they usually, I think it's you and um, if you are the one who has um, the need and a caretaker. Um, yeah, they give you like a companion pass. Yeah. And that gets ticketed separately, but you do need to know where they are and you do need to get there early. I mean, like, as with anything, it is first come, first serve. So I think a big thing is just knowing that you can't just like show up and kind of say, I need this and expect them to be able to accommodate you because it does fill up. There are other people who also have needs who kind of got there first. And so just being prepared and planning ahead, basically using all the tips that, you know, Monica and I have given so far um, in terms of getting um, to a panel and doing that with a little bit extra time. Um, the second thing I would recommend is just to hit the forums. There is not a lot of information out there about accessibility at any con or even Comic-Con, Comic-Con being San Diego Comic-Con. Um, there is Reddit. There is Friends of CC, which is Friends of Comic-Con, which is a forum that you can go to for anything from like getting a roommate um, because you didn't get a hotel to questions about badges to questions about like those who need um, accessibility um, who have accessibility issues or concerns, they can go and ask questions to people who actually have experienced this. I am able-bodied, so it's not something that I have specific experience with, but I do have friends who have. Um, Twitter, again, is another ally. I mean, you really do have to be an advocate. Shocker to nobody, you kind of have to be an advocate to your for yourself in this occasion. There are a lot of there are a lot more information um, folks that are on the on the floor than there used to be. Last year, I was stunned by how many people were working for Comic-Con International and walking around and answering questions. They're a lot better informed. Um, and this is a huge difference from previous years where they were just kind of third parties um, who didn't have as much information. So ask, ask questions, um, push people to give you answers, like timely answers. And I think really the other thing is like for those of you who are able-bodied and don't have these needs, make sure to also ask questions. If you see somebody who needs help, help them or ask if they need help. Don't just assume, but like, you know, offer to be an advocate and an ally because I think without all of us 
you know, pushing for those changes and updates, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's not necessarily lucrative for them to do it, which is why these changes come very slowly. Um, But as they say, you know, like, it's almost kind of one of those things is like, as Captain America says, we can only do this together. And so I think it's really important that for things like this, like we really need to be very vocal about like, hey, SDCC official Twitter, what are your accessibility um, options? Like, is that something you try, you know, like just bring it up. Um, I know it's something that I was didn't think about until Monica brought it up as a potential question for the podcast. And now I'm like, I think I'm going to ask, like, there is really nothing on the internet about this. That is bananas to me. <laughs> yeah. And actually, if around. you can ask, um, we'll include the Twitter in our post um, if they respond uh, the tweet. Um, yeah. The other thing that, that you make a good point about is like us doing this together um, just being vocal and standing up for people. And also, um, you know, kind of like knowing your rights as well. I'm able-bodied like you are. Um, but I have friends and I've been in situations where like, you know, I've seen things go on and it's, you know, it's kind of weird. For example, a friend of mine, I, and I wasn't there firsthand to see this, but she told me about a time where she has an invisible disability where she looks just fine, but it doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. she, you know, that she, that she doesn't have a disability. And so she had one of the people that were like checking the badges say, well, like, basically accusing her of committing fraud and using like uh, the, you know, yeah. You know, using the, I guess, companion um, card is like a way to get like an extra badge and, you know, started asking her like, what is your disability? You don't look disabled to me. Yeah. And so she, what she did was she didn't really like kind of deal with that individual. She went straight to like his like, management and told them, you know, you're violating my rights by asking me to disclose to you what my disability is. That is my personal, you know, information. And I don't have to disclose that to you. You know, you, you know, for, for whatever reasons, like they cannot ask you what your disability is. Another thing that this did happen um, right in front of me was last year, the staff Um, that work at the convention center. This wasn't like a volunteer. This was like a a staff member from the convention center. And they were using the nursing room in the women's restroom as a break room. Oh, no. And so there was a woman in there that was like, hey, this is like the nursing room. She's like, well, I'm in my break right now. And I just lost my mind. I'm like, it is so hard for a mom with a baby and a stroller just to get around San Diego Comic-Con. It is insane. Um, But to have to say, hey, you can't breastfeed your child right here in the room that is designated for you to breastfeed your child, I just couldn't. And instantly we went and we got management to come in and they removed the employee from that area. But just know that, like, you have to say something. Don't just take it, you know? Um, This poor woman was just like already frustrated and just needed to feed her baby, you know? Um, So sometimes you got to step up and like, you know, help somebody out if you can. But I still just could not get over this employee saying, well, you can't breastfeed in here because I'm on my break, even though it's like a designated like nursing room. Yeah. Everybody's always looking for the opportunity to be a hero. And this is 
basically wide open for you. Just know yeah. everybody's struggling. Like it's hard. It's a hard situation to be in. Like there are people who have anxiety disorders. There are people who have PTSD. There are people who have, you know, a wide variety of invisible and visible things. Some people have temporary disabilities. Some people don't. Some people are pregnant. Some people are just like, you know, this is a lot. This is my first time. You just kind of have to, like I said, be kind and be understanding. And if you feel like you can, you know, step up and, you know, push comic-con for the right thing you know they can do it they make and there are places Comic-Con that are considered like quiet places where you're Mm -hmm. allowed to go to decompress yeah yeah which is totally a thing like self-care during comic-con is super important regardless of what you think that you know maybe you don't have a special need or accessibility issues but and you're just like oh I don't need like everybody needs some time to like decompress like you cannot take it's a lot it's just it's a lot of sensory input it's you know if you've ever been to Vegas it's kind of like that like it's just one of those things that you really have to take care of yourself so you can help others when you can and then um, while it's, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but while we're on the subject, um, so taking kids to a convention can be extremely overwhelming, both for the kids and for the parents. San Diego Comic-Con is so packed and the gas lamp area that surrounds this whole, you know, the convention center is also so packed. So I just kind of wanted to touch on some of the things that some tips on on childcare type thing. San Diego Comic Con actually provides childcare. You can pay ten dollars an hour. I think if you register early, it's ten dollars an hour for childcare. And I think this is like a really great thing to like take advantage of because there is no room for kids at San Diego Comic Con to run around and to like be themselves. It's loud. It's noisy. So um, it's nice to have this place where the kids can play games and hang out and just kind of be kids while you go run and hit a panel or do what, you know, whatever things that you need to do. I've taken my kids to San Diego Comic-Con since one of them was in a stroller. And my first year was absolutely nuts because I could not see the convention center exhibit hall because I was spending my whole time looking at the floor in front of me to make sure that I didn't hit the person in front of me with my stroller because it was so packed. And there was people pushing me, which would push me and my stroller into somebody else. And so it's really hard to navigate with strollers in San Diego Comic-Con. And because they have to keep people moving, it's very hard to stop. If you drop something, if your child drops a shoe or a sock or something, like it's really hard to kind of just like stop when you're trying to go through all the crowds. And sometimes kids don't want to stay in the stroller and they want to get out and they want to walk around because obviously like it's hard to just stay sitting and perfectly well behaved and they want somewhere to like run around. And San Diego Comic-Con does not offer a lot of places for your kids to just kind of run around and have like a nice little area to just, you know, be a kid in. Um, but this paid babysitting, um, at childcare at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, affords us that. Um, another tip that I like to kind of just keep people in mind, uh, the gas lamp area is not stroller friendly. The sidewalks are very narrow and they get very packed. And even like when you're going down the road, um, cause sometimes they close off the street so you can go in the middle of the roads. There's not a lot of shade. There's not a lot of room to like stop in. So strollers and San Diego Comic-Con don't necessarily go hand in hand. 
Also, the food in that area isn't necessarily kid-friendly, so I recommend you take a look at our list that we made of places to eat and drink at San Diego Comic-Con so you know what places have um, kid-friendly food or even let kids in because there's a ton of bars. A lot of places are 21 and up. And I just kind of want to throw that in there. Um, But, you know, obviously there's uh, so much that goes on in San Diego Comic-Con. One of the things we talked about earlier were events and activations that happen in the convention center and outside of Comic-Con. Some of them require badges. Some of them don't. Um, What are your tips for navigating the different events and, like, nightlife of San Diego Comic-Con? I try to make... (laughs) Once again, I try to make a little bit of a plan for myself. Um, I try to give myself like uh, some time. I usually get there the Wednesday uh, preview night and I realize that I'm pretty lucky to be able to do that. Not everybody can do that. But if you can get there a little bit early, I do try to stroll around. A lot of the activations at that point are actually still being built. Um, but you get a sense of like where things are and in your mental map can like, or on a physical map, you can mark out, okay, that looks really interesting. You'll at least see kind of what it's supposed to be. Like last year, there was this big Jack Ryan um activation that was like a helicopter zip line like uh marketplace sort of situation and it looked I really did not see that you didn't see that no oh man it was like close to the um science museum like the children's museum i remember the big banners on the side of the buildings for jack ryan but i didn't see what? like the activation yeah it was next level there was like a helicopter sitting on top of like this huge, like, um, I think they tried to do this, like, I want to say it was like a Baghdad um, marketplace. And then there was like a huge helicopter where you could zip line down and then go through um, basically this immersive experience. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of the um, activations are immersive experiences. So they take up a fair bit of space. So you get a sense of just doing kind of a walk around and like getting the lay of the land really helps me. Um, And I get a sense of like, okay, is this going to be, you know, if it's in a weird narrow spot, is the line going to be pretty bananas? I try to do some follow up research. I follow usually the the networks or the television, whatever, whoever's putting it on will post about it. We'll post times, we'll post um, when you can get a ticket, if it's ticketed, if it's um, just like hours, it'll tell you the hours. So I try to do a little bit of research and kind of plan my day. I mean, the big thing is, is like, you can't do everything at Comic-Con. It's impossible. It doesn't it matter. It really how- is. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are, how planned you are, how, you know, how much of a strike team your group is like it really is like figure out the one thing you want to do that day and one thing during the day and at night and try to make that happen and then come up with some contingency backups um and you know that are around the same time that are in the same zone and you know like just let it happen because if you try to force it you're gonna be miserable um and absolutely and like you said like there's so many things that you don't even know are going on (laughs) yeah you could just walk around and end up in a zombie crawl or like turn a corner in a restaurant is actually like a crash spaceship and like half of the stuff i don't even know is happening that's why i recommend like social media social media is like such an incredible 
um, source of information. And I think just even there are people who are paid to stand and give out swag and usually people where things are. And so like, if you're down on that main street where the gas lamp, there is a big kind of arch that says the gas lamp that faces the convention center. I think is that fourth? I can't remember the exact street, but, um, it's basically kind of the main thoroughfare that faces the convention center. That's where a lot of people tend to come and hand out tickets. They hand out, you know, free stuff, like just standing there for like an hour or so. If you have no idea what to do, you'll find something. People are Absolutely. always telling new stuff to do. And that's kind of the main, and just kind of listening. Like people are always like, oh my God, did you see that thing down the street? Ah, nobody know about it. And then you're just like, oh, I guess I'm going to go over there. Can you tell me more? And people are so helpful. Like Absolutely. for the most part, I found out half of the stuff that I've done because I was standing in line next to somebody who was like, did you hear about this? I was like, oh no, I didn't. What did you learn? You know? So Yeah. And and I'm quick to say, like, especially like on social media, if I see somebody posted like a really cool selfie of them somewhere cool, I'm like, uh, where is that cross streets or like what section of the convention center is that? Because I need to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to listen to the the winds of the con. It's so hippie and weird, but it's true. Like you can't you can only plan so much ahead of time, and the rest of it is really just like being present, looking around, asking questions, and just like, you know, coming from a place of yes, I've gotten on lines for things that I was like, eh, I'm not really into this show. Like, do I really care about this? And it ended right. up being like the coolest thing that I've ever done, you know? Absolutely. Um, a couple years ago, I think I stood in line at 10am for a 3pm panel, because I heard David Tennant was going to be at this panel and it was for the DuckTales panel, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but everything before that was animation panels, like kind of like the children's programming panels. And I was like, eh, I can put up with this. But every single panel back to back was amazing. Like they were so fun. And these are shows I don't watch and didn't even care about, but they were still really great. On yeah. the flip side, I really wanted to see um, Stephen Moffat on the Sherlock panel for the Mm -hmm. Sherlock comic books. And I stood in line, same, I did the same thing. I think his panel was at one o'clock. I got into the panel room at 10 in the morning just to make sure I was there for his panel. And the panels right before his were terrible and not fun. (laughs) So, but for the most part, they've almost all been amazing. So, you know, um, in all my experience of just waiting around, most of the panels were really really great beforehand. Um, One of the things that I really recommend is to um, follow the unofficial San Diego Comic-Con blog and I'll put the links in the post. Um, The outside San Diego Comic-Con blog and Parks and Con, uh, those three accounts work really well together and they work really great at like getting news and information out quickly. And I highly recommend putting them on notifications during uh, San Diego Comic-Con because they are, they just do a really great service um, to the community, to the San Diego Comic-Con community. And they give so much of themselves to get us all the information. They're really great about listing like where all these events are happening. Um, At Temple of Geek, we really try to like contribute to that as well. One of the things that I do is I try to list all the cosplay meetups that I can find. And so on our website, you'll see like a list of all the cosplay meetups, whether they're inside the convention center or outside. I try to list like, you know, where to go. 
um, to see some of your favorite cosplayers or to join other cosplayers or like for myself as a photographer, I just want to know like where the cosplayers are so I can take their photos. Um, and then that's, I think kind of like all that combined, you can really find out like what all the cool stuff is going on. And Comic-Con does not end at five o'clock or seven o'clock. I mean, Comic-Con panels go till two in the morning sometimes. Just because the exhibit hall closed doesn't mean the panel's closed. And so much happens after hours. Like there is a ton of stuff that goes on after hours. Even if you don't have a badge, there's so much you can do at San Diego Comic-Con without a badge. And we have a list for that on our website as well, too. And they do re... I think they also play back earlier panels late at night if you missed something. You won't be able to get like footage um, that they show, which these days they basically post like five minutes after they show the footage anyway, for the most part. Um, but I think they do have playback panels where they show like the big rooms. Um, if you miss something, you could just sit in on those panels. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think it, I, I want to say it's only for the big rooms, but I do remember that they do have like, cause I remember sitting through one of them once. Um, but they do show like, the the main thrust of the panel, which is like the questions, um, the the moderated part, they just usually don't um, post the the special footage that they or any like images. That's the only thing, which for I some Comic Con for them, but you know, it's still pretty cool. They do a lot of movies and stuff. Like there's like the Buffy or the um, there was the Once More with Feelings sing along. There's like the Doctor Horrible sing along. There's a lot of like really more chill stuff that happens at night that you don't you need a badge for but you don't need to pay for and I think Facebook if you look up like SDCC there's tons of like if you follow any of the bars or event spaces around Comic-Con they all do something and a lot of it is not um doesn't cost anything there's like trivia nights there's karaoke there's all sorts of fun stuff and then also these big companies like Amazon Prime Video, for example, um, you know, they are hosting two parties that are absolutely free. Um, they're hosting uh, like the activations and all kinds of things and they'll have special guests. And these things are free, but you have to register for them. And you don't necessarily need a badge to get into some of these. You just have to register in advance. And that's where kind of having like these other sites that that I mentioned earlier, like the um SDCC um, unofficial blog, the Parks and Cons and uh, the outside Comic Con uh, blogs. If you have them on alert, as soon as they start tweeting those things, register for whatever it is that they're putting out. Even if you don't end up going, try to register for some of them because you don't know which ones you will or will not end up going to. Um, and it's nice to have that that ticket to it. And also, like if it's through Eventbrite or something, it'll send you a reminder. So that you don't forget about this event, but um, kind of like registering for these like free parties that these big networks are putting on are totally worth it. It's always so much fun. Um, a couple years ago, um, Doctor Who has put out at least two parties that I know of that I've been able to go where it was free drinks, free food, free everything. And you just had to register in advance. Nice. So that's kind of my recommendations there um but talking about stuff that's not free um going into like budgeting because there's so much to do so much to buy and just regular like 
being coming in from out of town expenses. How do you budget yourself when it comes to San Diego Comic Con? I'm frankly very terrible at it. I mean, I treat it as like a vacation and like a personal treat because it's usually around my birthday. Um, and so I charge a little bit, yeah. Um, but I do go in a group which does help splitting expenses. Um, there's an app called Splitwise, and obviously, you know, there's Venmo and PayPal and all the cash app, all the, the, the kind of like money wallet um, apps. But, you know, we try to go and purchase snacks ahead of time and split them. I mean, that, I think we talked about this earlier, you know, the Starbucks app, you know, Starbucks in general is just cheaper than convention food. I mean, it's like going to a ball game. Everything is like a couple bucks more expensive. Um, there are lots of lovely kind of smaller places around there. Subway, there's the Broken Yolk, there's um, there's CVS that has, you can buy snacks. There's a couple, I think there's like a Ralph's or there's a, there's a, some sort of grocery store that's a little bit of a walk. I think it's closer to Broadway, but um, if you just go and kind of stock up, um, you can get, if you have like a mini fridge in your hotel or just can get like an ice tray, it really, really makes a huge dent in, in making sure that you eat and drink water like and or fluids regularly, but also like not having to like spend money on the, you know, convention food. Um, I think I also um, try to, like I said this before, just giving myself a budget and sticking to it. Um, making sure that like what I, when I do buy something, it really means something to me. I think it's so easy. And I think I did this first couple of years just to buy stuff because I'm here and it's there and it's got this thing that I really like on it, but it's not actually something that I'd ever wear. Um, just being really honest with myself about like, okay, I would love to get like a cool jacket or a cool pin or whatever. And like trying to stick to that um, and trying to keep myself accountable to that. Cause I think it's so easy to fall down that, that rabbit hole. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of um, hotels, if you're staying at a hotel or even Airbnbs offer like coffee, they have like a coffee machine in the hotel room or cause coffee is just one of those things that's always going to cost you a lot of money and you're going to definitely need it. Um, caffeine when you're, <laughs> when you're like at three in the morning in a line. Um, waiting for hall H, but um, take advantage of the fact that a lot of places offer and ask, like, do you have free breakfast? Do you have coffee in the morning? Sometimes they have cookies or like water or like some sort of snack during the day or even at night and taking advantage of that. Um, and I think just going, being willing to go just a little bit further away um, from the convention center to grab food or drink, it's kind of nice to get away from the crowds. There's actually, you don't, have to go that far to go away from the crowds everybody pretty much stays in the same couple blocks um but once you get up to like broadway or over past like the marriott into um, more downtown kind of towards the uss midway like there are lots of places like san diego is a pretty like um it's not a small town necessarily, but it's got that vibe. Like it is a city, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty like all American kind of like down home place. Like they have taco trucks and there's a lot of like great, good local food that you can have without having to spend a ton of money eating at a fancy place that, you know, you had to wait in line for two hours for. So I think just giving yourself that time to like get away, eat somewhere else is super important. Absolutely. Yeah, those are great, great tips. Um, I think for me, it's, 
it, it's very similar to what you said is budgeting yourself, being realistic with yourself. Like, do I really need this? Is it an impulse buy? Like checking the impulse because there's so much cool stuff. Like I would go home with all of it if I could, <laughs> you know, um, I think for, for us, one of the biggest expenses ever is like the hotel stay and we drive in, we don't fly in. We, you know, we're, we live a few hours from San Diego comic-con, um, but it's too expensive and too far to drive back and forth daily. And so we drive in for the con. And um, one thing to keep in mind is if you're driving in, know where to park ahead of time. Know how much it costs to park because minimum to park for the day, you'll be paying about $40. The most expensive I've seen is 80 to $110 right at the front by the convention center. Um, usually we would park at the mall um, that's like about a mile away from the convention center and walk. Um, if we're staying at a hotel, keep in mind that your, your overnight fees for the, your room fees do not include parking. And most hotels, especially like the smaller ones have a limited amount of parking available. And so if you do not register your parking in advance, you might not be able to park at the hotel that you're staying at. So those are kind of like things to keep in mind, know where to park ahead of time and how much it costs. Because I think for us, we ended up spending so much money on parking. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like um, have like know how much you're, you know, if, is it worth the the walk or do you want to Uber? Do you want to Lyft? Like kind of have a budget for all of that um, coming into the con kind of know ahead of time. So you don't get that sticker shock of like when you have to like sign your hotel fees. Cause it's easy to say like, Oh, you know, this hotel room is 200 or $300 a night, but after you get taxes and fees and everything else um, kind of like added up, it could be like quite the shock about how much you end actually ended up spending to stay at San Diego Comic-Con. So I recommend kind of like really having a, like a really good look at um, what you're spending in advance, um, whether it's on your hotel, your, where you're going to park your car, whatever, your food, just kind of like know in advance how much you're going to spend and budget yourself. Like you said, I have a daily budget for like what you're going to spend. There also one thing that I just remembered is that a lot of the time last year, scooters were just becoming popular. So I don't know just because of how cities are handling scooters these days. I don't know if they'll they'll be as popular this year, but that is another easy kind of cheap way to get around. Also, a lot of places um, and a lot of um, kind of like big corporations will sponsor bikes or um, the, the, what are those called? The, the is it Tuk Tuk's? Uh, oh, yeah, I know you're talking about the little, you know, bike. Yeah, the bike carriage thing. I think it's called the Tuk Tuk. Um, that might be in other countries. That's what it's called. But they, like, a lot. I remember last year, a bunch of the, like, bikes, those, like, bike shares were within the, the gas lamp free. Um, so you could do that. Or, like, some of the Tuk Tuks are, are like, covered by only some of them, not all of them. Also be aware of the fact that there will be people who try to you know, scam you because there are some things that are free and then there are some things that are not free and they will, once you sit down, they'll be like, oh, this is $25 to go two blocks. And you're like, what? And then they'll be off and you're just like, oh no. So maybe <laughs> you ask, you know, like for 
how much is this? Is this free? Is this one of the free things? Um, usually it'll say it on the side, uh, but it's easy to get confused and people purposely try to sometimes, you know, confuse you so that they can make some money off of you. But there are a variety of different ways to get around. Um, and there and are taking advantage of the shuttles too. Yeah. There's shuttles, which I've used even, you know, I've been lucky enough to stay within walking distance for the past couple of years, but sometimes you're just tired and you don't want to walk. Um, and shuttles are great. You know, there's shuttle, there are shuttle um, schedules that you can follow. Um, there are different shuttles. There are some shuttles that maybe go near your hotel, but not all the way. And then you can re- walk the rest of the way. There's a bunch of different ways you can get around. There's no need to kind of like spend a ton of money when it comes to that, at least. Um, yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. So um, I guess before we sign off, are there any other tips that you want to share with any of our listeners? Um, you know, I think just emphasizing that like Comic-Con is different every year. You know, I've had great experiences. I've had villain origin story level, terrible experiences. I've had, I've had everything in between, but like, I think the things that have really like kept me um, honest and kept me going is that it's just such a special thing to experience. Like we all got there somehow we either hard earned through saving money or like hustling because of work. And you have to also win the lotto in a way, you know, just getting the ticket is hard. And so like making sure to appreciate it because it's so easy to kind of let it turn on you um, and making sure to like take a moment every day to be like, wow, this is such an unusual, like we're at a time where being a nerd is no longer this isolating, terrible thing. It's actually, we have like buying power. We have, we have influence, we have people are, you know, the reason why um, networks and studios come, why celebrities come, why we intermingle, especially at SDC, see, um, is because they want to hear what we have to say. And so and and they they really want to, they, they want to have us influence like, what's happening in fandom, because fans have such a incredible power now. And so it's just like, remember kind of like why you're there above everything else, because the little things can get to you. Um, and I think that's just like, the biggest thing, you know, just like remembering why, you, why you got there, or how you got there and why you're there in the first place. Girl, that was way more deep than what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was going to say, don't forget comfortable shoes. And if you get cold easily, take a light sweater. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's real too. And don't forget to wear sunscreen. No Sunscreen. Oh my God. There's no shade in the gas lamp, you guys. There is no <laughs> will burn. Shade. San Diego is supposed to be this temperate, cool place. But no, I, I feel like every year it's gotten hotter and hotter. Um, yeah, but in the convention center, it can get cold. I'm always cold in the convention center. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a big old jacket, but like a light sweater is like good enough. <laughs> yeah. And also, I another tip that I would have is rotate through your shoes. Like if you could bring more than one pair of shoes. I know some people just stick to one pair of flip-flops. That is not going to cut it. You're going to be walking like 15 miles a day. <laughs> Minimum. Like, like I saw somebody wearing a shirt that said Comic-Con is my cardio. I've never walked so much in my life. The way it's unreal. Like bring Absolutely. some salt for your bathtub. Like it's just like it's a slog. It's incredible. Like there are whole Twitter. I think there's all I I think there's like a fit in Comic Con. You see the people running up and down the stairs. Like there are some people who go to Comic Con and that's their workout. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's my workout. I never yeah. work out as much as I do at Comic-Con. So comfortable shoes, you guys. Like, I can't yeah. emphasize it around. If you want to be cute, you need to know that you're going to suffer them blisters. Get those Skechers oh. and be comfortable. Okay? <laughs> like, I highly recommend it. Go with the Skechers. Go with whatever comfortable shoes. Not an ad. It's the memory foam ones, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But all right. Well, thank you, Paloma, so much for coming on again and being a guest today. I really appreciated okay. all of your tips. Um, anything Always else fun. you want to say before we sign off? No. Hopefully, I guess follow follow me on on Twitter. Um, it's Paloma, P-A-L-O-M-A-S. Um, and hopefully I can share some tips as I'm there. Um, and just say hi. I feel like that's a time where I meet some cool, interesting people. And I, I look forward to hopefully meeting some of our, some of our, our followers. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Paloma. I hope that our listeners found this episode helpful. If any of our listeners have tips on how to navigate SDCC, or you have questions about SDCC, please post them in the comments on our website um, for this episode or tag us on social media. You can hit us on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, we're at using the handle Temple of Peak. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Peak podcast. Want to check out some of our other shows or features? Head over to the Temple of Peak website where you can find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. I've been your host, Monica, and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.